0: And welcome to the Layman's Guide to the Multiverse, where we dive between the panels and break through the fourth wall to answer all of your comical questions. Tonight in this podcast, you'll we'll be hearing more from me, Doug, as well as others, including Paulo. How's it going, Doug? Going all right, Paulo. How are
1: you? I'm doing all right. And, uh, you know, just looking forward to having a good
0: conversation about all this stuff. All right. And to the south of Paulo, we have Ed.
2: <laughs> hey, what's up, Doug?
0: Uh, not that much, but most importantly, here to bring the casual perspective, we have our friend Matt.
2: Hey,
3: Doug, how's it going, man?
0: Um, going all right. Can't complain. Talking in a very confident, enthusiastic voice, so no one can see my problems.
3: You're you're doing an amazing job, Doug. Keep it up.
0: It's how I live my life.
3: Just just keep penting up that frustration.
0: You gotta gotta bottle it anyway. Put
3: put bottle it away. You go, buddy.
0: Okay, so for the sake of our listeners, and and I suppose yourself, um, in their quest to, you know, learn more about comic nerddom from their, you know, interests from other mediums, what question did you have for us today?
3: Right, so I figured, you know, let's start from the beginning of the uh, MCU. I was wondering what uh, you guys could tell me about uh, Iron Man.
0: Uh, I can tell you quite a bit about Iron Man. Do you want to start at the beginning, or...?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know where we're even to begin. I mean, I, I
0: mean, like with like the Big Bang.
3: Um, we we, we could do that. I mean, I'm pretty sure there was iron in the Big Bang and uh, uh, stuff. Okay, and so
0: the universe was originally in an infinitely hot and energetically dense state.
3: Could we speed it up to about the mid
2: '60s? Wait, oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, like, hold on a second. Are you are you, are, you, are you trying to tell me that Iron Man was a dinosaur? Uh,
0: I was not, but. Okay, the sixties. That that is that saves me a lot of time. Uh, the, about thirteen billion years, anyway. Okay, so the conception of Iron Man slash Tony Stark by um, Stanley was almost like a self dare. Um, he wanted to create a well received hero that was the opposite of the fans' expectations of heroes at the time.
1: So what you're saying is that back in the 60s, there were all a bunch of peace-loving hippies.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and they were not so big on uh, the Vietnam War or uh, the war in general or the military.
1: That makes sense. So in other words, you're trying to tell me that Stanley decided to create a character that was a billionaire playboy philanthropist who was also a weapons dealer.
0: Uh, To the military, and I don't think he was caring so much about the philanthropy at that point. Oh, okay.
1: Well, let's get more. To know
3: the... More like a technological thing going on, like like Steve. If Steve Jobs sold Scud missiles, cool. we got Tony Stark in the '60s.
0: Um, more or less, yeah.
2: That's a really good
3: analogy. I mean, Steve Jobs selling heavy duty weapons doesn't blow my mind. I mean, <laughs> seriously,
1: there's really no surprise there. There would be I... no surprise there <laughs> considering our. The society we live in these days. But uh, let's get let's get back onto that about uh, Tony and what he went through back in the 60s and how different he was from the Tony Stark we know now.
0: Okay, well, um, it started off pretty much the way it would in the movies, if you're familiar. It's just instead of, uh, you know, a Middle Eastern terrorist or uh, I believe they're uh, Afghani in the movie, it was the Viet Cong. I'm not sure specifically if they were in the military, but they were led by uh, a man named Wukong. And they kidnapped Tony Stark, and after he got hit by, you know, an explosive device that left shrapnel in him, put him in a cave with a scientist, just like the movie, and said, hey, build weapons for us. It basically turned out exactly like in the movie, except it was in a different location.
3: So did did he also have that like uh, heart thing going on in the sixties?
0: Uh, yes, he did. That is, uh, he had shrapnel lodge in his chest near his heart, and that's why uh, him and Dr. Jensen, which was uh, the other guy he was trapped with, created the armor in secret both to keep him alive and to break out.
2: Was Black Sabbath's Iron Man playing in the background while really he did it?
0: I do not believe that was released yet.
2: Wait a second. Wait a second. What year was uh
0: what what year was the
3: first issue of Iron Man?
0: The first issue of Iron Man wasn't his debut. When was his debut? I believe it was a it was Tales of Suspense number thirty nine back in nineteen sixty three. I thought it was going to be Amazing Fantasy, but no, it was Tales of Suspense.
3: Pretty sure that predates Black Sabbath yeah, Iron yeah, Man. Yeah.
2: Then. yeah, definitely.
3: Oh
1: man, I don't I don't know whether uh, I don't know who to be more impressed with now. Well, I mean, they do say Tony Stark is a futurist, so Ooh. I got a feeling that it's just him channeling that. And again, getting the song made. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there is going to be a kick-ass song made in about, I don't know, 14, 15 years. <laughs> All about me. That's and right. And I'm clanging away the
1: cave with a hammer.
3: I'm just I'm, I'm just imagining like the conversation with Black Sabbath when they came up with Iron Man and they probably went, Hey Ozzy, you know. Well, it's you know we got this comic book going on over here. What are you thinking? Ozzy probably said,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> and
0: and it's why translated.
3: Some somehow it became Iron Man.
0: <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about the origin story of that song as long as it exists.
2: I'm pretty sure it went something like that. Yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent positive that's how that happened.
3: I mean. The stories about him are pretty insane. But anyway, though, (laughs) anyway, though, we've we've already gone way off topic. (laughs) Uh, So, all right. So we have Iron Man, um, or rather Tony Stark gets trapped in a cave, builds the Iron Man suit, busts out. So where does he go from there?
0: All right. uh, They had Iron Man stories in uh, Tales of Suspense uh, off and on throughout uh, until 68. And basically, uh, besides a one shot with the Submariner, who's a character for another time, um, he made his solo debut in Iron Man number one, which was not made until 1968, five years after his creation.
1: So it took five years for him to get his own book?
0: It did. Well, he had stories that were taking place within Tales of Suspense. Remember, um, Spider-Man was created in Amazing Fantasy.
2: Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question. Was was uh, Iron Man or Tony Stark uh, featured heavily in Tales of um, Suspense?
0: I honestly can't tell you how heavily. I know he was involved, um, but little hint for our listeners, I was not alive in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: Why not, Doug? So yeah. You're saying you're not an immortal vampire. <laughs>
0: God damn it, Doug. Jesus, and, man. I ate. Hey, Paula, first off, that doesn't prove that I could just be a young immortal vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Now, so basically for the 60s, he did a great job of coming into existence, eventually getting his own series. Uh, His popularity took off enough to give him his own series. That lasted quite a while. Also one of the founding members of the Avengers.
3: So yeah, so how does does that come into the mix? Because again, in the movies, he's kind of like I forget if he's like one of the original members of it or the founder or
2: something like he's that. He's kind he... of
0: the face that runs
2: the place, yeah? In the yeah. movies, yes.
0: Yes, in the movies. Um, in the comics, uh, the Avengers are actually formed by uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp.
1: Yes. Hang, uh, Hank Pym, Ant-Man? or yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's right. Ant- because Scott Lang was not around yet.
0: Right. Nope. Another big difference from uh, the cinematic universe. We'll go into it at another point. But Hank Pym is... But it's not, it's not an old guy in the regular continuity. He is his own character. Um, so yeah, existed, uh, became popular in spite of him representing everything the fan base hated, and a uh, leading, uh, founding member of the Avengers.
3: So all right, so then we have Iron Man in the '60s, you know, busting out, doing his thing joins the avengers i assume he probably does that for the majority of the 70s and we could easily cover just the avengers in in an entirely different podcast
0: we could but uh, i will say uh that like dc justice league has what they consider the trinity which is superman wonder woman batman uh the avengers also has their own trinity uh which uh they consider to be iron man captain america and thor yes
3: Ah, gotcha. All, all of them represented in the movies pretty well. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, all right then. So now, now here's another silly question, actually, though, the, I always see the early drawings of the Iron Man. He's wearing like kind of looks like a weird Tin Man sort of thing. Like it's not very refined. Like when did, when did a modern Iron Man design start to like appear? I
2: want to say was shortly. I I want to say he was only in that old armor for a couple issues. Am am
3: I wrong?
1: No, I feel because I remember in the first issue of Avengers where they actually formed the Avengers, he's still in that Tin Man suit. Yeah, 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 he's got that weird like giant like armor
2: condom going on.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, and armor. I can't get any STDs <laughs> for, for listeners out there who can't really picture this. Um, the movie oh, no, is that, that
2: would have been a VD back in the 60s, excuse me. <laughs> yeah,
0: He's but for listeners, uh, for listeners who can't really picture uh, what this uh, costume looks like, you don't have to. The movie did it for you. Uh, yeah, the uh, you know, ramshackle piece of armor he built in a cave uh, was designed to look very much. Pretty much exactly like his original suit of armor did.
2: Yeah, I feel like the only difference is in the in the movie, it's silver and not gold.
0: Uh, yes, I think it was silver in his original appearance, too. I could yes. be wrong about that, but it was gold in Avengers number one. Gotcha. Gotcha. Was
1: it gold? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah you're right. If I'm remembering that picture correctly, that iconic cover correctly, where it's like this really weird-looking Hulk, uh, very old-looking... Iron Man with the yellow suit and then the the Thor back when he had like the the flowing blonde hair and the the helmet very big
3: winged helmet. I'm I'm thinking back to like the early drawings of Iron Man. All I could think of is like a walking iron
2: lung.
1: You're not wrong.
0: Yeah, Yeah, you're you're not wrong. wrong. It's, it's,
1: It's
2: like a giant deep sea diver kind of thing going on, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And I think fans uh, felt that as well. Um, he, you are right, Ed. He did not wear that very long. Uh, he was already in his uh, uh, more modern red and gold thinner suit by uh, Tales of Suspense Fifty
3: Eight. Oh, now who was who is Iron Man fighting for most of this time? Because I mean, like in the movies, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. In the in the first Iron Man movie, he was fighting. Uh, uh Jeff Bridges. It was Jeff Bridges, yeah, but yeah, right now it was, he was it was just he,
2: Iron Man versus the dude. It was like, the dude. With,
3: he he's Tony Stark stole the dude's rug, <laughs> and the dude
2: was out to kill him. That's uh, your opinion, man. It he, brought it brought the room together. It did <laughs> not for nothing with, with Tony Stark's origin. I I would love the idea of the dude versus Tony Stark, like
3: well because tony stark was supposed to be the anti-hippie according right, to right exactly would, that's it
1: what i would, mean it would work oh my god <laughs> all right so back to disney rehire re- james Gunn. let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> back to what we were talking about so throughout the 60s and the 70s it was just a kind of a status quo for him to do a superhero bit uh be the all the technology guy for i'm assuming for most of uh, the marvel universe at the time um Yep. When did he develop his drinking problem? So, I mean, that's one of the things that they kind of touch upon in the movies.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, how do we get to that drinking problem that we kind of we see and a lot of people talk about as being some, one of the defining moments of the character?
0: Uh, I think the funny thing about this is that it was not meant to be such a huge part of his character, and what is considered the Iron Man story arc that defines his character in the comic books was at the to- at the time, not taken that seriously.
1: I'm starting to interpret. Isn't that the reason that Robert Downey Jr. even took the role as Tony Stark?
0: Oh, it completely is. Cause, uh, he was like, yeah, I'll do Iron Man. as long as you keep the drinking problem in, because that was something he could relate to.
1: And then they took the drinking problem out, but they kept paying him very, very well.
0: yeah uh basically they dealt with it a little bit in uh the first and second movies and then disney acquired marvel and they literally nixed uh the plan for them to really dive into the alcoholism in iron man 3 which is kind of a shame
3: No, as as
2: disney does you know
3: (laughs) now I, i think i know where you're going with this paul that's um this is one of the few iron man comic books that i've actually read and i actually read it on on doug's recommendation It's uh what demon in a bottle i think it was called uh yes so yeah what was weird about that you know i it's just it's fresh in my mind i mean did you know was he supposed was he ever like this kind of playboy kind of you know uh person before uh before that comic
0: um you have a playboy yeah um they they never really showed any issues with drinking i can't say that like he they never showed him ever having a drink but like they did well, i mean it was
3: also the 60s and 70s it was right viewed very differently back then
0: yeah it's like oh it's 5 p.m where's my martini
3: 5 p.m if i'm holding back <laughs> usually it starts at three sir i was about to say yeah ha- have you not seen Mad Men?
0: <laughs> i'll get around to it but um, yeah, so Demon in a Bottle uh, is considered the preeminent character-defining story arc in the comics for Iron Man. It came out in 1979, and basically, it starts off with uh, Justin Hammer, essentially.
3: Now, now hold the phone, because that, that's one thing that threw me off. So, in the movie, he was fighting Jebediah Stane, played by the dude. Jebediah and- Stane. I can't keep it straight, man.
1: Shepidaya. 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 I mean, it's not Amish that much too? better. It's not that much <laughs> no, better. Obadi- no, Obadiah is not that much better to be honest <laughs> oh, with you. Oh, man. I just
3: that's see, that's why I just call him the dude. <laughs> I'm just the dude, man, his <laughs> dunas, Duderino. <laughs>
1: Oh, so, but just so, so but to add to kind of to that, what you were talking about it, Justin Hammer for the people who don't remember this, uh, was the, I don't remember. I don't even know who Justin Hammer, Hammer is. Justin <laughs> Hammer was the villain from the, well, one of the villains from the second Iron Man movie.
2: And you know what? That shows you how good that movie was. I don't remember a damn thing.
1: <laughs> that was the best character in that movie. The best character they introduced was from that,
3: from that movie. Cause, cause that was so funny because in the movie he was like a totally incompetent
1: jerk. Listen,
2: like, And
1: and let me tell you, the only reason that character was so good is because Sam Rockwell's portrayal of the character.
2: I mean, well, Sam Rockwell's fantastic. Yeah, I agreed there.
3: Yeah, he was good in that. But the point I'm trying to make is that uh, I don't remember him being useful at all in the movie. Like every single piece of technology uh, Justin Hammer came out with in the movie broke. I don't
2: even remember that movie and I saw
0: it in theaters.
3: Oh, wow. Well, it also came out nearly 10 years ago. Well, that was
0: part of the joke Um, and also they were trying to establish, first off, how amazingly brilliant Tony Stark is. And secondly, Hammer was never really known for his own creations. Like, Hammer was basically known for uh, working uh, with Roxanne, uh, which is like the evil corporation within Marvel. or ah, or Roxanne
1: Corporation.
0: Yeah. Or uh, Hammer Industries to basically come up with nefarious plans to steal technology and things like that.
1: Audience, for your information, they are so evil, they spell their name with two X's. Oh, Jesus. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> my oh. God.
0: If it weren't formed during the time where they were under the Comics Code Authority, it probably would have had three.
2: Oh, man. Oh,
0: my young. My young eyes.
2: <laughs> I got the vapors over
1: here. <laughs> all right. All right. So all right. So back to Demon in a Bottle. So now um, you're saying you Justin kind of Hammer. The wh- right way. What exactly did Justin Hammer do to kind of get uh, Tony to. I don't know. Like, So what exactly happened? How did he get. How did the drinking problem come to the forefront?
0: OK, well, they had shown that he'd already been drinking a bit to deal with his stress. <laughs> he um, loves the hooch. Yes. Um, but you know what's really stressful is when a man hung over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's stressful. <laughs> but now imagine uh, an enemy screwing with your armor and making its repulsor discharge on its own, <laughs> killing an international ambassador.
2: Oh man, that sounds like the pits. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. So Tony Stark is stuck in this situation where it looks like he just flat out murdered an ambassador. And he's like, okay, um, how do I fix this? Okay, first off. All right, step, guys, I promise that wasn't me. Yes, yes. Step step one, I'm going to get out of the armor. That wasn't me. Promise. Cross you know, cross my heart. Uh, <laughs> Hope to and,
2: not go to jail. <laughs>
0: yeah. So he gives up the armor, and then he basically has to go on the run.
3: So wait a second. How, do, how does Tony Stark give up his armor? Does he just take it off then and there?
0: <laughs> yeah, basically.
2: What is he doing at the UN with you know, wearing full armor? Like, I think that's a fair question, right? Oh, oh, actually, again, I, I just read it. I remember
3: basically that ambassador, he was a fan of Iron Man.
2: Oh, that makes sense. Okay. He like probably requested it. yeah.
3: And he, and he requested it because okay. uh, one of the weird things in the comics and the movies was, you know, like how the first Iron Man ends and Tony Stark's like, hey, yeah, guess what? Oh, I'm Iron, Iron Man. Man. I'm Iron Man. And, then, and, the, and, the, and that story, nobody knew. Right, 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 okay. He was trying to play off as a bodyguard.
4: Okay.
1: <coughs> oh, okay, that's right. That's why he would have, like, the suits kind of function on their own without any any outside help, so that he can keep up the appearance of, hey,
0: I'm not this yet not is being my bodyguard.
2: Oh, yeah, so I'm guessing that the, uh, what, the, the second movie then? That's kind of where they're drawing the inspiration from with, like, the suitcase armor?
0: They're drawing inspiration from a lot of sources. Uh, his tech evolves so much over uh, the years, but we'll get into that after uh, this. So he gets, uh, he's put on the run. The The police don't take him in, they, because but they demand he turn over the armor because, you know, uh, him claiming that wasn't him. So he had to go on the run armorless, um, stress drinking. At this point, he gets personal hand-to-hand training combat uh, experience from Captain America because he's like, hey, you know, without uh, superpowers or armor, maybe some basic self-defense would help he basically then tries to figure out who did this and how. And as he's doing this, he just keeps spiraling further and further into his alcoholism.
3: Cause I mean, I, I can see how that would make sense though, because the Tony Stark that, you know, from the movies, he's a very, very uh, confident, very cocky kind of guy. Very suave. He's, yeah. He's always in control. So like, from what you're explaining with uh uh with his suit getting hacked like that you know again i I read the comic recently from what it seemed like it was mostly about him being like oh my god what if i'm not always right
2: yeah it's pretty much the polar opposite of the betrayal in the the movie i mean yeah time to panic
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it was a complete downward spiral in every sense
3: well Uh, i mean between the stress and um the
2: drinking and yeah. the hangovers and possibly the pill addiction. I don't know if there being any pills. Did he hour. have a pill addiction? I mean, I wouldn't. It wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised.
0: I don't believe so. No, uh, don't anyway, um, but yeah, that that's what happens. And his uh, then girlfriend, Bethany Cabe, uh, former girlfriend. Sorry, uh, ex girlfriend. Yeah, ex girlfriend. Well, my apologies. But yeah, uh, Bethany Cabe, uh, basically, kind of tries to help him through it and shares a personal story from her past about losing a loved one to addiction and says that she won't let this happen again and tries to help uh, start quit. Does it work? Uh, temporarily. Oh,
2: okay.
3: Yeah, because that's that's that was the weird thing about that comic was that, um, A, uh, Whiplash was a total bitch in that but he was like a rocket I mean, so- surgeon Listen,
1: Wh- whiplash is always kind of a total bitch. I think the only reason that they got an interesting person to play him is because that's the only way to make him interesting.
3: I, I, I guess, but it was just, it was just funny. Cause I, 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 I remember reading demon in a bottle on Doug's recommendation. And I was just like, Oh, Whip-H- whiplash is such a little bitch. Like, <laughs> like, like he just shows up and Tony starts. Like I, you can't even touch me. Why try it.
2: It's, it's like, like a little kid fighting his dad yeah that's
1: so here. shut it, up child it, it kind of is <laughs> like that
2: um
3: but yeah but but that was the that was the weird uh takeaway that that threw me off and then um uh, the other thing too was that yeah it, it just seemed like hey tony stop drinking tony's like okay <laughs> all and right like, no problem two pages later he's like i'm done with it and um and, and of course for years i always heard uh, like oh yeah yeah tony stark drinks tony stark drinks and then like i was like He kicked it in two panels.
2: (laughs) Maybe he doesn't drink so hard, you know?
3: I was about to say, yeah. Or or maybe, maybe the Iron Man armor has something to do with, or maybe, like, I don't know, that he's able to increase his heart rate through that, the uh, thing that he has <laughs> yeah. in his chest, little pacemaker burns yeah. up, yeah, burns off the alcohol.
2: <laughs> well,
0: re- remember what I uh, uh had told you, right? You would you would think, Leo, you know, he,
2: he's this billionaire genius that he'd be like, you know, not only have hangover cures, but like, he'd solve, able not, not, like solve alcoholism, because, yeah. With his money. yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> right,
3: just like, oh man, oh, man this is a missed I'm really, opportunity. I'm really messed up. Oh, let's just, <laughs> oh, I feel better, like. <laughs> I mean, like, dude, the the Russians had like those. Uh, <laughs> they had those pills that you can take supposedly during the Cold War. You you took the pill and apparently, like, you wouldn't get a hangover and to stop you from being drunk. Right, right, right. It like, like why, why couldn't Tony Stark have that?
2: It's a Missed opportunity.
0: Uh, well, anyway, to, to get back Was to what you were asking about how quickly it seemed to end. Remember that the writers of the storyline did not intend for this to be like a character defining trait even oh, though which is why
2: like, he just kind of kicked it into panels yeah
0: right it was supposed to be like alcoholism was the villain of the storyline <laughs> um so it was
3: as if how does iron bottle. man beat a
0: villain he can't punch
2: <laughs> what i said how does iron man beat a villain he can't punch ah uh, there you go yeah. yeah or shoot with laser beams Ooh, there, there you go i Repulsar told you
0: already beams.
2: He, he turns up his pacemaker <laughs> and he burns off the alcohol <laughs> <laughs> Silly me, I forgot where, where where have I been?
0: But anyway, so so yeah, so this storyline though, uh, established into the continuity that he had an alcohol problem, which led to relapses and him dealing with it uh, for a number of years uh, until uh, the basically final time that Tony Stark drinks, which is uh, an issue of the Iron Man series published in '84 called Deliverance. And uh, buckle up, kids, because Deliverance was a hell of an episode or an issue. It was an it was an, it was an episode of Tony Stark. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he starts off the story already drunk, walking the streets of New York, uh, like no fortune, no company. Uh, right now, uh, James Rhodes, who's uh, other people know as War Machine. Uh, now uh, had been filling in for him as Iron Man because he did not trust himself with the suit while he had his drinking problem, which yeah, makes perfect yeah, sense. Yeah yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. You don't
0: want you don't want to
1: you don't want to be drunk piloting a giant suit of armor, uh, a with, death with, machine, we, yeah, which he Maybe did several he times. I
3: was about to say, I remember him <laughs> doing that in, in, in the bottle,
1: even in the end bottle. Oh well, that's never good. Anyway, continue.
0: So uh, it is early in the morning, and there is a record blizzard happening in new york uh he runs out of the cheap wine that he'd been drinking uh he's cashless so he goes to a pawn shop and sells his jacket like on. Lo-
1: why is he cashless isn't he like still a millionaire at this point or mm-hmm. still a trillionaire playboy
0: uh there was storylines he's lost his fortune many times he always manages his bill to build it back up ah uh, I mean, of course no. Uh, whether it was stolen guys. yeah, whether it stolen from him by a villain or he just dis- dismantled it or there's all you, kinds of reasons.
3: You know it would be an awesome way for him to lose his money in a story arc? What's that? He loses it because he gets into selling Avon. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's got a whole case of <laughs> cutthroat <no> knives.
3: <laughs> no, guys, fucking listen to me. All right, I sell it to you, and then you sell it to them. It, it can fucking work, man. I just got to pay to my seller. It can work, guys.
0: Trade Hulk. one addiction for another. <laughs>
3: I'm just imagining the young, Incredible Hulk just sitting and like, "You dummy." <laughs> <laughs> This pyramid scheme. No, multi-level marketing, man. It works.
1: <laughs> All right, so, so what happens with this <laughs> with this blizzard that he goes out and decides, let me go buy some – let me go sell my jacket when I don't have any money to buy alcohol.
0: Yeah, so he sells his jacket, which was like a, tra- a long trench coat. Like, so it was a big deal because uh, he was basically wearing street clothes under that.
1: It was one of the nice ones, right? Probably like something really yeah. nice that people are just like, "Oh man, that's a really nice coat." I mean, well, it, some... it
0: was enough to get ten dollars in a pawn shop in New York in the in the eighties. So you tell me. <laughs>
4: uh,
0: and he goes and takes that ten dollars and uses every last penny of it to buy a bottle of whiskey to right. keep keep drinking on the street during that blizzard.
2: Here's my question: Where in New York did you get a bottle of whiskey for ten bucks?
0: Uh,
3: 80s remember 80s man oh
2: right 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 okay that makes sense it
3: wasn't it wasn't the city wasn't done being a dump yeah it was right.
1: a glorious time for new york city as we're, uh. we all know
3: we're we're in new york city so oh wait, you're, oh, you're being sarcastic
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: there's so much cocaine
0: okay in, so in the good neighborhoods <laughs> so he is walking through the blizzard uh, a drunk man with no inspiration, no drive. It is his rock bottom. Um, when he runs into, uh, a woman he knows named Gretel. And Gretel, uh, is, uh, a junkie that he had met. And, uh, she was pregnant. And as she finds him on the street, she starts going into labor. Um, Tony Stark.
4: Awkward. Yeah. Yeah, right.
0: Stark drops the bottle of whiskey and, like, the, that was, like, maybe, like, half full and it spills. And <laughs> well, at least
2: he's being optimistic about it.
0: <laughs> and basically helps deliver the baby. Um, Gretel dies during birth. Um, and Tony Stark just basically keeps the newborn baby huddled between himself and the corpse of Gretel to keep it warm in the blizzard until cops finally find them. Uh, Tony Stark being, you know, severely, like, sick and injured from, like, exposure. Uh, The woman obviously already dead and uh, the baby miraculously okay because, you know, that's what happens when you... When, when you're in your a prior- comic book. Yeah, when you take your priorities into perspective and realize that uh, sandwiching a baby for life is more important than whiskey.
3: So what happens to this baby?
0: Uh, he lives and is of no consequence
2: to the future of
1: comics ever.
2: <sighs> oh, missed opportunities.
1: Yeah, another 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 throwaway in the history of Marvel Comics. Good job, Marvel. Clap it up.
0: But it took Tony hitting rock bottom, having another addict friend die, and him bringing a new life into this world to basically realize, I'm at rock bottom, and not only that, but I want to live again. And he asks uh, a for uh, help kicking the addiction, and he doesn't drink again.
2: And when you say roadie, you mean uh, uh, James, James Rhodes? Yeah,
0: James Rhodes. Sorry, the, he calls him roadie.
2: Right. Ah, okay.
3: I, for a second, I thought it like it had like a rock star roadie. <laughs> or, or, uh, or, or, remember? Uh, I think it was with Jeff Jarrett, the his sidekick, roadie. <laughs> Double
1: J Jeff <laughs> Jarrett.
2: And the roadie would eventually uh, become the road dog. Oh my God, that's Is that, right. Oh my God, yeah. I did not realize
1: that. I forgot that.
2: What a it step was,
0: up in life. Right.
2: <laughs> no, it was also a uh, They actually feuded over who actually sang With My Baby Tonight <laughs> <laughs> Tur- Turns out Jeff Jarrett was lip syncing The whole time, and it was the roadie doing all the vocals What? Yeah Oh my god We are going off the rails If you didn't watch uh, WWF in the 90s, you're missing out
3: uh, Actually, I thought
2: yeah, it was WCW No, no, that was WWF.
3: No, no, ah, now we are way up. We are way off Alright, and with that, we need a break Stay down right. at rock bottom. You know, something that's always bothered me. Why does he still go by Iron Man? I mean, like, think about it. You're you're a bad guy. You're like, oh man, this this Iron Man guy is probably going to come show up. All right, let me uh, let me uh, you know come up with some sort of weapon that can melt iron. And he freaking shows up, and he's got like that crazy titanium, aluminium, whatever the heck it's made out of. It's like, dude, that's false advertising. That's not cool. Pretty sure the bad guys got a lawyer around that could probably sue Iron Man. Be like, dude, you're false advertising. Not cool, man. You got to change yourself to like titanium alloy, minium, whatever, idiom, man. There's a lawsuit and the half of
2: Black Sabbath. And we're back. Guys, we're talking Iron Man. I am Iron Man. No, that was terrible.
1: <laughs> Sorry. What, what was that supposed to be? <laughs> That's the that's the song, man. You don't
3: you don't. The oh, but you the song, but, but you need you need you need the overdone synth for it. Now. I don't. Yeah, you, gotta, I don't gotta, yeah. you gotta throw your voice Unfortunately, I
1: do not have a synthesizer attached to this mic. So you're breaking you break my heart. Uh, you, sorry. You, you may sorry. As,
3: you may as well try to sing along to auto tune rap. Ooh, it just doesn't
1: it just doesn't work. No, it, doesn't. it just does not work. All right, so do you want to it again? No, we're good.
0: No, no, I I want that left in there. Yeah, yeah please, <laughs> please let
1: let me embarrass myself. That's fine. <laughs> it's however. Yes, we were talking about, and very importantly, talking about deliverance and where that left Tony Stark,
3: right? So we're somewhere in the mid 80s right now with with uh, with Tony Stark, Iron Man, um, you know, he's been an Avenger forever, had a drinking problem, kicked it, and now we're in the mid 80s. What's left?
1: The 90s. <laughs>
3: really? Uh, the, well, I, the early 2000s? Yeah, uh, the, I don't look mid-2000s. forward to getting into the 90s myself. But, well, uh, was well, there anything we can uh, 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 relish on that happened in the 80s before we dive into the fuster cluck that is the 90s?
2: Well, I mean, I, I think we can relish a hot dog or, or maybe a burger. Or, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what well, else you can put listen, relish on.
1: The 80s was the beginning of the decline of the comic industry specifically marvel Mm. and then the 90s was when it really just kind of marvel got desperate
0: yeah yeah they
1: did
2: things got weird yeah weren't sales like really good and then not
0: yeah uh actually the industry as a whole the death of superman uh the overprinting of that and uh, and DC overprinting things in general really crashed the market. Uh, so what you're saying
1: is DC Comics is the blame for a lot of the industry's problems.
0: No, the Marvel. industry's problems, but Marvel's problems were that they couldn't come up with a good idea. <laughs> so <laughs> so, it's like so DC had all the right good ideas now.
2: and just too many things to buy. <laughs> and Marvel was just like,
3: fuck. I feel like I feel like I'm missing a joke here, but my lack of uh, comic book knowledge has keep me out of it. But we won't go into that because that sounds like it's a totally different topic for another day (laughs) because all I know about the 90s is that was when there was pretty much any comic that was worth its salt was getting a a cartoon. And I know Iron Man was no exception to this. Uh, It was
1: one of those cartoons that kind of came out in a very weird time where Saturday morning cartoons were really big. And I know, um, maybe some of our audience kind of shares our, our age group, which is, uh, in between the mid thirties our mid thirties and our mid twenties. Um, but we watched the advent really of the expansion of comic books into a more robust kind of
2: multimedia kind of
1: exactly. Exactly, explosion look, extravaganza. Yes, exactly, because we saw uh, the cartoons like the X Men come out, mm-hmm. Spider Man cartoon, oh, yeah. the Iron Man cartoon, like we mentioned as well, the Fantastic Four yep, cartoon, Hulk. the Hulk. At that point, Marvel pretty much um, hooed itself out in a way so that it could really start to make some money from where it wasn't making money in its actual comic industry. But
3: oh, they, yeah. but they seem to really be throwing everything they had against the wall to see what stuck. Because I mean, uh, you know spider-man did really good x-men did really good but like i god i never remember like the only time i ever remember seeing iron man on television was on like sunday mornings at some really weird hour and there's only like a season or two of it and since it was on it so irregularly, um i couldn't follow any of the storylines and they were really off the wall because you know they had like the whole space marvel thing going on with it and uh, you know, it, it was it was really cool because it was my introduction to Iron Man and like, oh yeah, you know, here's a guy with a suit and makes him indestructible, but at the same time, like and a terrible
1: kind of... theme song. Oh, you <laughs> shut your whore mouth.
3: That theme song was amazing. Oh, that, that <laughs> theme song in is the polarizing.
1: Obviously the in the minority here. <laughs>
3: oh my god. Well well, first off, if we're talking about that theme song, you gotta remember it was the goddamn nineties and grunge still had some years left to it. <laughs>
2: Grunge has years to it now. Yes. Grunge does have years to it now. It, yes, it, 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 it now. just gets grungier.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so this this cartoon comes out and it introduces some really weird characters <laughs> into the story. Like and it brought kind of like these weird characters into a little bit more mainstream. But to be honest, this is kind of really where Marvel begins to find its its niche. Yeah, I was going to say footing, but I don't think that's the right word, you know? Yeah, like, it, it, to be honest with you, like, I feel like a lot of the Marvel multimedia stuff that came out at the time was better than the comics that were coming out. of Oh, oh yeah. I I, I would even argue
2: that the Marvel characters just are, like, and uh, in any of the big two, Marvel itself really lends itself well to, to other media that's not comics, you know what I mean? Because a lot of these characters are, like, one or two notes.
0: Right, there's... Marvel characters tend to have at least a, a bit more depth, or at least a real-life character flaw that's not related to their powers that can play off for drama.
3: Not only that, though, but and I, I'm I'm horribly generalizing, but they, I feel like it's like literally a more colorful cast of characters, like. I'll, I'll try i'll try to explain it like you know iron man is all red and gold you got uh you know the um, the x-men and that you know they they got some pretty crazy ass costumes so like i'll give you an example like the uh marvel versus capcom games you you put them in you, you put the marvel characters in a video game you know a very bright very pixely video game in Blend, it worked beautifully. It blended. Oh, yeah. No, no, the,
2: the, the marriage of the Marvel characters and the Street Fighter characters is just really lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Uh, yes. yes. Street Fighter versus Cap- uh, Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Marvel versus Capcom, the X-Men Street Fighter games. Yes. The whole yeah. series is
3: good. But but here's here's my counter, though. Now put DC characters into it. I don't think it would have me-
2: meshed as well. It, it doesn't. It doesn't work. No, uh, and, and, and really, it doesn't work. I mean... I don't even want to say costume wise or even character design wise, but just like even power and scope wise, it just doesn't work. You know, no, no, nobody wants to see Superman getting in, into a punch fight with uh, Ryu. You know what I mean? Yeah, that ain't going to end well.
0: Well, people didn't seem to mind the Hulk getting into a fist punch with Ryu.
2: You know what though? I, I still buy that more than I do Superman. You know what I mean? I kind of do I, too. I, su-
0: I suppose, but honestly, I think it I mean,
2: I, like I said, I buy it more.
0: <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll just give it to you.
1: Well, so we see so we see the nineties. The nineties is kind of an explosion. The nineties er, and into the early two thousands, this expansion into multimedia. Um did did a lot change for Iron Man during that time? Like I, I, I recall there was like some kind of really weird storyline where uh some Marvel characters were killed off and then brought back from an alternate universe, I believe. what was the name of that storyline?
0: Uh, that was the Heroes Reborn storyline. And yeah. it, it lets uh
1: yeah, we'll 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 kind of just gloss over that and just say that it
0: was really history weird time. Gloss, yeah, history yeah. should gloss over it. Yeah.
1: But it, it brought back um a lot of these characters, these Marvel characters. It was like a soft reboot where it brought them back into a kind of a younger place, kind of a more youthful kind of situation. I don't want to say it was them trying to be like a hip and cool
2: thing, but like
3: So are you trying to say that this was like Marvel going poochy? Say that again? Poochie. You remember that, that Simpsons episode with the yeah. dog? Uh, they... I, I'm trying to think if,
0: if I, I don't know. It's they weren't trying to make at in Heroes Reborn, they weren't trying to make everything more edgy or anything. Uh they were they were just reimagining for the sake of it and but not really changing anything.
3: Wait, wait, Were, were they was it it we're talking nineties here, so was was it an
0: extreme reimagining? <laughs> Uh, not really. Not not for some. Okay, thank you. Uh, that that actually kind of came later in the 2000s. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, anyway, so but the the end of Heroes were born when the continuities remerged and they kind of got the soft reboot. Uh, they made a young Tony Stark with who had never went through any of the problems that the uh, older one had, and even the never. alcoholism. yeah and he's
2: drinking wine spritzers instead of john johnny walker
0: (laughs) yeah and no it was a 90s dude zima and they just tried (laughs) to play it off it was just like hey young tony stark and he's like hey he's got none of the character or memories or flavor uh or vices or sins of the past and yeah here he is and fans are like okay so what does that leave us with Oh wait! Nothing. You just took away everything from the character.
2: <laughs> oh, thanks.
1: Yeah. Um, so
0: it didn't. It didn't work out very well.
1: Now, well, isn't this isn't this around the time where we now get the, the the advent of the Ultimates, if you will?
0: See, there we go. That's an extreme reimagining done brilliantly.
3: So, so what you're telling me is is that Marvel kind of screwed the pooch. They're like, hey, we're going to make a reborn Tony Stark and just like seriously this the story writers it just dropped the ball the they dropped the ball that hard yeah wow <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm speechless I was I was expecting this to go somewhere it's like oh no no they they decided to like you know give them like superpowers it like no no it was just they they reimagined them and it just failed that's it's really that bad yeah god the 90s were weird
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, weird and powerful so now is this where we finally <laughs> get into?
1: No, this is where we finally get into the actual Tony Stark that we know and love from the uh, from the yeah. movies.
0: Yeah, the MCU. Yes, yes. Here we do uh, with the Ultimates. Uh,
2: I, Doug, do you want to kind of just gloss over what that line was in general?
0: I'm sorry. Say that again.
2: Uh, do you want to just gloss over what the Ultimates line was uh, in general?
0: Oh, 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 of course. Sorry. Um, the Ultimate line was a alternate continuity reimagining of. Most of the mainstream characters uh, that took place, basically restarting the the you know their own timeline as more modern day characters, also grittier um, and like and,
2: uh, it's kind of a bit more realistic, right?
0: Uh, yes. And um, it started with the Ultimates, and now a lot of people like to complain that Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of Tony Stark is—he's not Tony Stark; he's just playing Robert Downey Jr. wearing armor, and I would disagree because I believe that he borrows heavily from the version of Tony Stark in the Ultimates universe. He
1: even kind of looks like him, doesn't he? Oh, Uh,
0: yes. Yes. (laughs) I know for a
1: fact, for a fact. A fact? That the the character of Nick Fury from the the Marvel Comics movies Uh takes... From it takes his appearance and actually his characterization from the Ultimate Nick Fury.
2: Oh yeah, that's actually in uh, Sa- that's actually in uh, Samuel L. Jackson's contract uh, that he
1: has to look like that.
2: Oh no no, no that that when uh, they 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 went to get the rights uh, to draw him like that in the comics. Uh, in in that contract, he was like, anytime there's going to be Nick Fury in a movie, I get to play him. They were like, done. Not a
1: bad deal.
0: Not a bad deal at all. Well, yeah, because uh, if you pick up the Ultimates and you read through it. Nick Fury isn't just black. He's clearly Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And th- this happened uh, in two thousand two, years before the movies.
3: Oh man, that was that was what was it, the, the that's when the first Spider-Man movie came out.
2: What's that really? It's been that long. Really?
3: Two thousand two. Long Two thousand two. Because you want to know how I remember? You want to know how I remember? Because uh, uh, kids in my uh, one of my computer classes in high school, freshman year, uh, we po- we downloaded the uh, trailer for it um and i started school in like early september of 2001 and we were down into the trailer for the spider-man and it was the original trailer where they stole the twin towers in it
1: oh geez oh my god yeah and then
3: and then that happened then 9 11 happened and then they uh had to reshoot a good chunk of the movie because there's oh, going to yeah, be plot yeah. points around it and then yeah so that's how i always remember spider-man was 2002
1: yeah that's yeah, a that's- weird weird time right it
3: really was I mean, really it, was a, time.
1: it was a good time, though, for superhero movies to be coming out. Well, I mean, the, the Spider-Man movies haven't held up as well. Like, I don't know if you guys have watched it in the past couple of years. He yeah. tried Spider- to tell me go Spider-Man where it 2, not a good line?
0: Spider-Man 2 is still passable.
3: Spider-Man 2 is really good. But yeah, no, I, I, I hear Paulo there. But again, though, no, but the, the, the movies, the formulas, all the superhero stuff, it's been mastered now. But like back then, back then what superhero movies did you have to compare it with? Men in Black. That's a graphic novel. Uh, Men <laughs> in Black <laughs> was a great movie, though. I don't was, care. Men in Black was a great movie, yeah.
2: I, I can't compare it against a comic. I never read it, though. But um, It apparently only had like one or two issues or something.
0: Oh, wait, you were being serious. I, I was not aware of this. Oh, no,
2: no, no. Uh, Men in Black was a Marvel movie. Uh, go, go, go back and watch Men in Black again. It's got uh-huh. the Marvel Studios uh, logo slapped on it. No, it oh. does not. A hundred percent.
0: What I meant was, was it actually a comic first?
2: Yeah, it yeah. was a comic.
0: I did not know that. Oh because... no! Definitely
2: not being a smartass and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: No, no, he's because right, because I remember the uh, the cartoon that they made after Men in Black, uh, which was actually a pretty decent cartoon. Yeah, wasn't the, bad either. Yeah.
2: The the art style was based heavily on the comic book from what I read. And I think it had the Marvel Studios logo on at the uh, the ending credits.
3: I don't remember that at all. I don't either. You know, you know, what blew my mind when I found out Blade was a uh, was a Marvel property as well. Yep.
1: What you guys didn't know Blade was a Marvel property? I oh, don't know that, that I knew.
3: Well, I had no clue at the time.
1: Fair, but, um, fair,
0: understandable.
3: It's it's not, dude. It's well, not like yeah. he's part of the Avengers or anything Plus, like that.
0: We're, hey, we're not we're not <laughs> about comic be. shaming here. <laughs> I
3: was about to say, yeah, because I'm. Remember, I'm the guy that doesn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: you don't know
0: anything. What
3: are you talking about? I I well, you know, my 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 comic book knowledge isn't as good as you three. That's why we're having this podcast right now.
1: Good to know. Good to know. In
3: case, <laughs>
2: yeah, in that's case, the only reason we're, we're know, forty. We're the only reason
1: we're, we're forty-five minutes
3: into this recording. In case anyone hasn't figured it out yet.
2: <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we've oh, definitely boy. gone off the rails. We uh, are yeah. totally off the rails. We'll kind of bring that back in? So the Ultimates.
0: Okay, so the Ultimates was this realistic, more realistic, modern reimagining of the mainstream continuity.
2: And, it, I, and I feel like it's a pretty uh, decent jumping-on point for anybody that felt a little too intimidated by, like, the regular Marvel Universe.
0: Oh, it's the perfect jumping-on point. Um,
2: yeah, you, you don't need 75 years' worth of, uh, you know, history to, to 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 jump in and read everything here. Right. Uh, yeah, basically, a fresh new take.
0: Yeah, because um, there was the Ult, which was Ultimate Avengers, and there was also Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate yes. uh, X-Men, Ultimate Fantastic Four. Uh, then they had various ultimate specials and whatnot, but they were all fantastic in, in, until the very end. When, uh, but um, well,
2: that's 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 a whole nother episode for yeah, itself. Yeah, like, exactly. But I, but I could honestly rant about Jeff Loeb for an hour, but that's that's where we're, we're getting off the rails again.
0: No, it, uh, that's we're why really I, that. I mumbled out out at the end. But anyway, I'm just saying, fantastic jumping on point for any character uh, that is represented in that line. Oh yeah. We, uh, except for the Hulk.
3: Wait, wait. But before <laughs> before we get back on topic, can I can I just make a joke real quick? Go so for it. so so we were just talking about the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. What what if Marvel wants to um uh, uh, be more appealing to it its gay readers? <laughs>
4: Where's so, this
3: going. So what they're going to do is they're going to make a special comic for Thor, and they're going to call it the Fantastic Thor.
2: <laughs>
1: Okay. That was atrocious. That was one of the worst things <laughs> yeah. I've ever heard.
2: All right. I'm going to go drown myself. I'll be right back. <laughs>
1: I'm probably going to edit that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh. No, we don't laugh. No.
3: no. 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 No, nobody likes my puns. I'm going to take I, my puns to go home.
0: I often like your puns. Not that one. <laughs> it wasn't...
3: It wasn't... Was it, was it too... In Thor taste? <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, damn it. that was make. so bad. That was atrocious. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh.
2: Anyway.
4: So bad. <laughs>
2: no, I really might go drown myself in the sink. There's like, there's one like fifteen feet from me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry,
1: you're gonna deal uh, with yeah. my dead body, man. All right, uh, so all I good. guess
0: we, we rein it in, I suppose. Con- oh. Continuing
1: on with the ultimate. So unfortunately, the ultimate line. Runs its course. It runs its uh, course, right? You know, we we <laughs> That's a way to put it. Of, we've had it we've had a couple of characters that have actually managed to make it from the ultimate universe as Ooh. it as it would be said to the mainstream Marvel universe, which is the Marvel 616 universe, for anyone who wasn't aware of that. Uh that's the way Marvel delineates their various um they're different universes. They're yeah multiverse, they're, if you will. They're numbered. Yes, they're numbered. Um and so you know, with that, we come to the current and most, uh, I think, known at this point, uh, Marvel stuff is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, wow. which is obviously Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, uh, arguably. Iron Man 3. Yeah, Iron Man 3. We like to forget about Iron Man 3 because it's not that great, even though it's based on a fantastic <laughs> storyline, which is one of the parts that is severely wasted in in the fact that they, they, they neglected some of the better Storytelling opportunities from what that actually story is based on. Um, uh, yes, extremis. Doug, I believe you're t- you you want to take this extremis the extremis storyline.
0: I would love to because it was a storyline that was interesting, fun, and really ramped up Tony Stark as a character power wise, which was cool for you know.
2: Yeah, the, wasn't this the story that kind of made him a heavy hitter? Like it put him almost on the level of Thor.
0: Um, I would say so. There's, there's never been a more powerful version of Iron Man. I will say that. Okay, so it starts with these three people in a warehouse. One of them, or two of them inject the other with uh, this mystery fluid that apparently you find out is... Okay. Wait. Well, I yeah. love comics, man. Come on. Mystery well, fluid? They just gonna... decide to inject it? No. Where the, uh, hell is it? Where the hell
2: was this? They all inject themselves with the uh, the, the uh, milk after you get done with the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I right, want to be able
3: to see what the, like, what it, the kids was,
0: can see now. It wasn't a mystery fluid. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, say the find note. out it is uh, a serum of the extremis virus.
2: So is, is that extremis or extremis? I, I, I actually was never clear on how to pronounce that.
0: I am not clear either, and I have switched back and forth.
2: I love it. Let's keep going.
0: All right. So extremis. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So, it rewrites your DNA, um, and kind of gives you almost like, it it gives you basically universal enhanced physical attributes, but also has some specific, uh, it gives specific people specific powers, basically. Um, and so this guy ended up being super strong, durable, fast, could breathe fire, um, and, uh... Tony Stark goes up against it, uh, loses pretty bad. Uh, it gets away and he is left severely injured and forced to take the serum himself. And
2: so what powers does he get?
0: Okay. So he get like
2: the power to melt. Is he super strong and super naked?
0: Uh, he is stronger <laughs> than he normally was like he heals faster stronger okay. uh, more durable not like crazy levels but yeah but how about, so
2: he, he, he just turns into that that that, that punk song huh? he, yeah, He's a harder no. better faster stronger how about the power to kill a yak uh
0: <laughs> he already had that but his power to <laughs> and kill yaks has increased because i have not mentioned the most important power he got here but but,
3: but from 300 yards away
0: Yes, miles.
3: Mind bullets.
2: It's uh, <laughs> telekinesis, Doug.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're we're almost on the right track, though. No, uh, technopathy—the ability to sense, communicate, interface, and like manipulate machines. Oh, like, so he psych-
2: turns into uh, into drums from Planetary. I'm sorry, I'm getting us a little off track here.
0: Yeah, no, it's cool. You just made a reference. That's all. Um, But yeah, that's uh, gonna be an episode in
1: and of itself. I promise you that. Oh God, yeah, so so
0: he has basically access to technology wherever he is. Like I remember a scene where he was outside of a, a, a bank being robbed, and he's just looking through its cameras, like in his you know like Hololens. He didn't have to hack or anything. He just accessed it.
2: Oh wait, 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 Doug. So you're telling me that Tony Stark just turns into Facebook?
1: Yeah.
5: That's awesome. Ooh.
2: I totally um, want to inject mystery fluid
1: and become Facebook. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, oh, it's, kind of, it's kind
1: of where the, the idea of the nanite armor drew... Um, the nanite armor from Infinity War, that's where it okay. kind of drew its reference from. Oh, right.
0: okay. Uh, we, when he was in this extremist form, his undersheath for his armor uh, was so... Uh, Modified and improved, and made lighter and smaller. That he actually kept his armor stored inside his bones. No wait, joke. Ex-
2: hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 Say that again.
0: Basically, his armor. He could have it disassemble itself and compress itself in like the empty space between his bone, the bone and the marrow in his body. He kept his sounds arm- painful he- as hell. Right?
2: It's not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs>
0: Uh, I read the storyline, and he wasn't like, "Oh God!"
2: Yeah, but you've never had armor between your bone marrow. Like, you don't know <laughs> if that hurts or not. How do you
1: know? How do you know whether or not it yeah, hurts? Tongue? Yeah, dude, incredibly painful.
2: Okay, M- maybe maybe <laughs>
4: the
3: mystery
2: fluid had like heroin in it or something. Maybe that's all he gets through it. <laughs> <laughs> His mystery fluid's pretty awesome. Like, can I go to Home Depot and get some? Like,
3: oh man, I have hey, so I'll many sell- questions. I'll s- I'll sell you this baby for some mystery fluid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Did you huddle it between a corpse for warmth in, in the middle of a blizzard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You sure are a demon in a bottle, Matt. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: oh, man.
3: You got to run me the right way.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> oh.
3: oh, Christina, you're all our jokes. Deliverance. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Deliverance from Christina Aguilera hits. <laughs>
0: oh. Wow, where are we?
3: She's she's from
1: your <laughs> neck of the woods, Paulo. She's your fault. I'm aware. <laughs> Trust me, I know. I know. We like to we like to make believe she's not, but you know, we know. Uh, <laughs> so Doug, oh, where were we? Uh Tony Stark had just become Facebook outside outside of a bank.
0: Y- yes. Um,
3: Does he start drinking water like Mark Zuckerberg? <laughs>
0: um that is left to the imagination <laughs> no uh he uses his upgraded powers beats uh the initial uh infected guy keeps the virus because it's all benefit for him uh and he basically kind of stays that way uh, until i think it was the uh secret invasion i think was the one that screwed that up for him but i could be wrong now what so- was
1: secret invasion remind us all
0: uh that was a big uh, seven-issue story arc uh, that took place in the entire like Marvel Universe where the Skrulls had invaded Earth and had certain agents uh, – Skrulls can shapeshift for the record – had certain agents that have replaced certain key figures and heroes on Earth for the last several years and we didn't know about it.
2: And and Skrulls, just to, to be clear, they're a uh, an alien race?
0: Yes, yes they are. Right.
2: Oh, dude,
3: it's like that Roddy Roddy Piper movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally the live i'm here to chew bubble gum and kick <laughs> ass yeah they live great movie i do love that movie that is a great movie though so okay so um so does tony stark develop the sunglasses and run around with a shotgun <laughs> to defeat the scrolls because if he does i'd fucking sign up for that in a heartbeat
0: um no uh, combined effort in new york you know typical Fight oh, the oh. bad guys ending, sadly. It's, it's, it's a typical
2: Marvel uh, status quo? Uh,
0: no. Well, not yes and no. Uh, I will say because that storyline did end up with Norman Osborn as the head of the new S.H.I.E.L.D. because they oh, dismantled God. S.H.I.E.L.D.
2: Yeah, oh, right. Yes.
0: And Ooh. yeah. And they made Hammer, which was uh, not un, unaffiliated with the company, but it was like the new acronym uh, intelligence security agency for the world and he was in charge of it for several years
2: okay
3: i'm too i'm, I'm trying to think of an mc hammer joke and i'm, I'm failing <laughs> right now
1: oh man so where does that leave us with tony stark i mean what do we what do we what do we see for the possible future with him where are we going with you know, whatever they might decide to do with him. I mean, isn't that one of his things? He's a futurist. He always always thinking about the future and what's what they're gonna do with him.
0: Uh, that is, uh, yes, that that is what how he describes himself, and one of the biggest uh, references that they use in you know characterizing him. Um, but the, he, they even use that in, in Civil War Two to put him on the opposite side that you would think he would be. Um, Especially after the first civil war. But I think right now, Tony Stark is kind of up in the air.
3: Cause um, you're, you're referring to him in in the movies or, or in the comics right now. Believe it
1: or not in both. Yeah.
3: Cause it it was kind of weird in where they leave him in uh, infinity war where, um, I don't know. It almost seemed like it almost seemed like he wanted to get snapped. And you know, like with his reaction, it's it's kind of just a little fan theory of mine.
1: I mean, watching watching all of your pretty much all your plans go to hell and not knowing what's going to happen as a result of it would leave you in a depressed place. But I mean, the other question be is Robert Downey Jr.'s contract. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, really? Robert Downey Jr.'s contract is up at the end of this movie, just like the majority of the Avengers uh, are up after this. This. Oh these next this next movie so it's kind of left up in the air to see what's going to happen with that
3: what perfect timing for Thanos to come by (laughs)
1: exactly
3: (laughs) dear god
1: it's also to be honest in the comics as well we kind of don't know what's going to happen with Tony Stark I mean Tony Stark has been through uh, a number of weird things happening lately from him being put into a um him going into a coma and then becoming a hologram for a yeah, while. he was
2: he was in AI for a little bit
1: wasn't he? Yes. He was replaced he was also replaced by uh, uh Doctor Doom? Y- yes, Dr. Doom was one of the people who replaced him. It was yeah. like kind of a, Oh of you're those... referring
2: to uh Ruby Williams. Right, Ruby yeah. Williams, uh who aka Ironheart. Iron yeah.
1: Yes. Uh the smartest girl from graduating from MIT who may or may not be smarter than him, than, than Iron Man himself. If she yeah. was
3: so smart, why does she make her name rhyme so easily with the word fart? <laughs>
0: As always, asking the hard-hitting questions.
3: You mean the fart-hitting questions?
2: Uh,
0: You're making me rethink this entire concept. Uh, can we just scrap the whole Iron Man thing? Let's
2: just start over. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, today, we're talking about Batman. With
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's a billionaire playboy with so many toys. All right. So just to kind of recap, Doug, if you want to just kind of give us a you know, small list of the, the the issues with the issues that we spoke about uh, and I when I mean to. issues I mean the actual story
0: arcs as opposed to <laughs> problems <laughs> <Drinks>. <laughs> just need to clarify that for everybody just in case and no I would love to um, okay so there is the demon in a bottle the quintessential Iron Man story arc which took place in Iron Man issues number 120 to 128 originally published in 1979 uh, deliverance the issue where he kicks kicks the hooch for good. Iron Man issue 182, published in 1984. Uh, Armor Wars, a story which uh, we, we could have gone a little bit more into, but great series. Uh, basically, Iron Man, uh, his tech gets out, and he decides that he's responsible for all the damage done by it, so he goes on a one-man crusade against the government and the supervillain community that has been using his uh, black market tech and it's a very good storyline that was uh in iron man issues 215 to 232 published in 1987 so it was a long story arc um now if we want to talk about the robert downey jr iron man that you know and love from the movies uh you want to read the ultimates uh, volume one which is published in 2002 as well as the ultimates two published in 2005. um Extremis, the one where he got injected with mystery fluid and got
4: superpowers,
0: (laughs) um, took place in Iron Man Volume 4, issues number 1 to 6, published in 2005. Uh, Civil War, which we briefly touched on and will further expand upon in another episode, was published in 2006. And just as a little spoiler, if you want to see the first time Tony drinks again, Uh, After Deliverance, read Fear Itself, uh, a seven-issue storyline, published in 2011. And with that, um, I believe we have addressed the topic.
1: Well, Matt, I hope you came out of this knowing a little bit more about Tony Stark than you walked into. Oh,
0: I
3: I learned a lot. I want to thank you guys a lot for uh, your time on this. So, uh, yeah, let's sign off. Uh, Say goodnight, Doug. Good night. Edward, I'll have a great rest of your night, guys. And Paulo, you guys take care. And this is Matt signing off. Have a good one, folks.
5: If you have questions, a topic you would like us to cover, or wish to simply tell us all the facts we screwed up. Feel free to contact us at layman'sguide to the multiverse at gmail.com. Also, feel free to visit our website at layman'sguide to From music Advance Rocket off the album Descent of the Goober Monster by Jesse Spillane and is licensed under an Attribution 4.0 International CC by 4.0 license off http://freemusicarchive.org. Our intermission music is A Crinoline Dream by Kevin McLeod on NewcompTech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by license, http colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash license forward slash five forward slash 3.0 forward slash and our attributes if you use Miami Knight's extended theme also by Kevin McLeod and contact.com license under Creative Commons by attribution 3.0 license, http Colin forward slash forward slash creative dot org forward slash license forward slash buy forward slash three point zero forward slash.